Today is October 1st, 2023. We are reading from the big book of A, the big book of AA, page 76, if we can answer up to and, and up to and including the third paragraph on page 76. Now we need more. Tanya will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Susan C. Tanya? Can someone ask Tanya to unmute? There we go. Okay. I'm Tanya, compulsive overeater, grateful. Um, if we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we had admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, everyone? If we will still cling to something, we will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength to go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Now we need more action with, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of their effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. Thank you. Thanks, Tanya. Now I'm happy to introduce Susan C., who will share with us on uh, the chap the paragraphs that were just read. Susan? Thank you, Karen. Good morning. My name is Susan C. I am a grateful member of Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, I am a compulsive eater and grazer. Um, thank you, Kim, for asking me to lead this morning and to participate in my own recovery. Um, you know, I, I came into the rooms late December of 2014, and for that day, I will always be grateful. Um, I have currently six years of abstinence, um, and I have a sponsor. I have sponsees. I've worked all 12 steps numerous times. Um, welcome to any newcomer who's here. Um, in, you know, it's, it's, you were courageous for coming in and all of us that are here and that we stay, we're still courageous because it takes willingness. It takes surrender. It's willing to, it gets me out. Of, it takes me to get away from my self-centeredness, to be humble, to be able to say, I eat like a crazy person. And this is not how people who don't need 12-step recovery. This is, I have to be in the rooms to know that because I don't know, I did not know that coming in. I'm going to jump to what I've been asked to share on and then I'll come back at the end. I'll do a uh, talk, talk more about my story. Is there a timer? No, I okay. can time for you if you'd like. 
I would like that. Could you tell me when I have, when 10 minutes has gone by and five and then with the two minute wrap up? 10, five and two. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so just if in case there's any newcomers here, you know, we have 12 steps that we work and we're going to be starting kind of in the middle of steps six through nine. But just a, a quick uh, recap, you know, step one is the, you know, the very first step. It's foundational. I come in because I have an unreasonable relationship with food and that I'm powerless over that. And my life is crazy. Whatever that crazy looks like, that, that unmanageability can look different for everybody that's on this meeting today. You know, the second step talks about, you know, being restored to sanity. I didn't even know I was crazy, um, but certainly um, around food, other things, not so much, but around food, I had an unreasonable expectation use of um, food and I needed a power greater than myself to restore me to sanity. In step three, I'm making a decision. This is something I actively do. I have to make a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of something that I cannot see, touch, feel, or or experience, but it, it, it for me it's a it's where I learn to trust this entity that is bigger than myself. In step four, I have to take a look at me. I don't get to take a look at you. I get to take a look at me and see where my assets have gone, turned into character defects, and how they have how they have harmed me, how they have harmed others. In step five, I get to share that with God, myself, and another human being usually my sponsor. And a sponsor is a person that I've asked to walk me through the 12 steps to connect me in a deeper way to a, to a power greater than myself. And that brings us to step six. So step six says, we, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. My defects of character are those, are those character traits um, and, and some people call them defenses that I use to get me to how far ever far I am coming into the rooms. And whether it's any form of irrational relationship with food, whether I eat too much of it, I don't eat enough of it, in some ways I get rid of it, I want to exercise it away. It's those places where I'm in denial how my how how I am. Um, and so what I have to ask for in six is I have to make myself entirely ready, um, which requires willingness. And I looked up willingness and willingness says the quality or state of being prepared to do something, readiness. So that's my part. When I came, when the first time I worked the steps, I was thinking like I had to do a four step and, and reveal my character defects. I also was gonna get rid of these character defects. And that's not the case. I just have to be willing to let the power greater than myself take those away or lift lift them or remove them or leave them there because I still have more work to do around that particular character defect. Um, and the character defects, um, you know, I wanna, I wanna, I want the defect to be taken away, but I still want to be able to do my same old behavior. So I want to be able to eat like I want to eat, but I don't want to have the consequences. I don't want to show up on my body. I don't want to play havoc with my internal organs. I don't want to have achy joints, but I still want to be able to sit down and eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it. And what this says is that I'm willing to give up that need to eat like I want to eat for a different experience with life. And so, so I become entirely ready to do that. 
And all that is is saying, God, please take these away because God is going to do it. I don't have that, that work of getting rid of it is not mine. I do get to take a look at where I get to look for, uh, watch out for those character defects in the fact that, oh, I'm being judgmental again. Well, if I wasn't being judgmental, how would I, what would that look like? Maybe it would be like taking a breath and just really listening to what the other person has to say. Or maybe it's, you know, for me, it was when I start to see myself being judgmental, it's taking a pause and saying, okay, let me see what God wants me to learn. Let me be curious about what this, how this, how this person came to their, how they came to, the, to their idea of whatever I, it, uh, is, that idea is. Um, and so that's how, that's my part to look, be on the lookout for it. And when I see myself doing it, because it doesn't go away overnight, I didn't get it overnight, it's not going away overnight. And so when I do see it then, but I have to look for it because otherwise it's running in the background and I still don't see it. And when I do see it, I get to change my behavior for that particular one day at a time, one instant at a time, how I'm reacting in my character defect and try and look for a different way to react to it. Um, it says, um, let God remove from us all the things that we have admitted are objectionable, you know, objectionable. I didn't even know, I didn't think that my food, the way I ate was objectionable because I wasn't sure. I didn't think other people thought, but I forget that my actions, unless I'm living in a cave by myself, are going to affect somebody else. You know, whether I don't pay enough attention, whether I isolate, whether I'm um, uh, being critical of other people, I'm trying to control other people, you know, all my actions do affect other people. And so even though I don't think they do, you know, the next step is step seven. And it's, it's a seven step prayer. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me. Every single, every single defective character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. You know, step seven is talks about humility. And he, I, step seven, it says, you humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. And humility is the quality of not being proud because you are aware because you are, I can't read my hand, because you are not aware of your, of your bad qualities or you won't stop of your bad qualities. You know, it's letting go of my ego. Humility is letting go of my ego. You know, not thinking, not thinking much of myself, but still wanting the world to revolve around me. I want to be center of everybody's life, except I have no life to be a center of in my own, in my own life, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm my willingness to not be better than somebody else. My willingness is just my, my, my letting go of, of those, of those areas of my life where I think that I ride above everybody else. And I'm willing just to be a garden variety human being, you know, or, you know, we've heard the experience, the, the expression being a bozo on the bus just means I level my pride. I'm just going to be like everybody else. I'm not driving the bus. I've given that over to somebody who has more power than I do. Um, and just be just to be somebody who's riding along on the bumpy old bus, but we're doing it together. Um, 
And I remember that I'm spiritually sick, just like everybody else. And and every and being spiritually sick is not because we've been graced with having a 12-step program. Those other folks that are out there are still spiritually sick. And one the, the people that irritate me the most that are my spiritual sandpaper, and I want to make them wrong. And I want to say, well, he's a jerk or she's a da-da-da-da-da. You know, I can't put that when you say when we point one finger out there, I have three fingers pointing back at me. And I got to take a look at those three fingers, you know, because it tells me in the in the um, AA 12 and 12 that is Susan. Thank you. It's a spiritual axiom that whenever I am disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with me. So let me start with there. Let me start with looking at me, because when I'm upset with you, there's something inside of me that's going on. Um, step eight talks about is about um, and the principle seven is humility. Step eight, the principle is self, spiritual principle is self-discipline. And the step, the step says made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. And you know what that means is that I get to take a look at and the and when we do an inventory, when we did the inventory in four, that's where that list is generated. The people that I had a resentment about, the people I was fearful of, or the situations, and the people that um, I harmed come from that list. And I and it tells me that I can add other people onto that list that may not have come up in that inventory. Maybe because it wasn't a resentment of fear or harm, but there was something else that you know that I'm responsible for. Because I'm just taking a look at my responsibility. So I take a look at the people that are on that list. And then I get to decide, you know, there's different ways of doing it. But one way is that it's suggested is that I can divide it into people. I can do the amends, no big deal. The people that I have a little more reticence to do it and the ones that I'm not going to do it. In my case, when I did my, my, my list and all this is a list, so I don't have to, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I'm not looking at actual amends yet, but I'm looking at the list. And, you know, I didn't have that many, thank you, God. But I lived a small life, so you can't have a whole lot of people because you don't have a big life. Um, and they were all in the willing to do but scared to do list, you know, that category. And each one, you know, and everybody's, everybody's response and everybody's experience in step eight is different. I didn't have anybody who went off on me and said, you know, went, you know, started shaking fingers and, you know, you know, jumped up and down. Um, I had my ex-husband actually, you know, was asked me if I was sick, if I was okay. And I just realized I'm ahead of myself. So I'm in nine. So we back up to eight. So we've got the list. And, um, you know, it tells us in that, la in that paragraph that says, um, let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of persons we have harmed. Oh, I wanted to back up to it. It says where faith without works is dead. This program requires work. It requires me to roll up my sleeves and take a look at me and do the work that cleans out, cleans me out spiritually. It doesn't require anybody outside of my nose to do anything. So this is just the, just the list. Um, and then in step nine, um, it's the principle of love. And it's the step is says made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And sometimes I'm included in that others. If I if I've had something that was horrifically committed to towards me, um, it probably is not a safe place for me to go back to and to make an amends, a direct amends to that person. So we have direct amends and we have indirect amends. 
my direct demands is I say to the person, either face-to-face, -face, Zoom, on the telephone, writing a letter, this is my part. This is how I was wrong. Please, I'm sorry I was wrong. I was wrong when I criticized you for whatever it was, you know. Um, and I, you know, I hope, can you forgive me? Is there anything else that you see, you know? And then in the, in, and if I have a plan for the future, in the future, instead of criticizing you or gossiping about you, I will, you know, and let it go. And I don't get to do it more than one time because then it's about my self-centeredness and I want you to have a certain reaction. Um, the indirect amends I can, is amends that are related to the harm I did, but not directly to the person because of safety, because the person is no longer around, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. And it could be a donation. It could be doing volunteer work. I'm saying at a, at a, at a food bank or at a soup kitchen because of the, maybe the food that I stole from XYZ, a company that's no longer in business. Um, you know, maybe it's, um, um, you know, I, ha I had a ninth step amends that did not come up the first, first several times I did a fourth step, came up during COVID. And I, re I realized that I had left my, my employer, I retired 17 years ago. So I had um, taken, um, taken paper, like reams of paper from my employer. And I, cause I thought it was part of my retirement package. That was how I characterized it. And um, I needed to go back. I contacted the employer and I made a financial amends based on what I thought the, the amount of the, the goods were that I stole. Five minutes. And I, thank you. I donated directly to uh, directly to a fund for it for that for that organization. So you know that's that's the you know that's that's the um, the, the act the ninth step amends. And you know as I started to say earlier, my husband thought my ex-husband thought that I was sick, he thought I was dying because he says, why are you saying all this? Are you okay? And I said no. You know, and then I revealed that I was in a 12 step program. Um, but, you know, it's, it's and it's however, and I'm guided all the way by my sponsor and God. You know, I have to pray on it before I do each one. I ask my sponsor when I've come to what I think it is to I run it by her so that because, you know, our sponsors are the people that we invite into our lives that help that help shepherd us to the spiritual experience that we are promised in step 12. Um, and. Um, and so I, and that's a person I get to be intimate with in a way that I have not been intimate before. A um, little bit about me. Um, you know, I came in, as I said, in December of 2014, in middle of, of 16, 15, I got a sponsor. Um, what it looked like, I was a daily, daily, multiple times a day wear on the scale. Um, and I didn't binge all the time. I'd say more like the big book talks of periodic alcoholic. I'd say it was a periodic, periodic binger. I was very much a restrictor. I did the diets and all that stuff that everybody else has done. And I had some rather long periods of being a successful dieter, but dieting for me always had an end. This is a program for life. I'm turning my will and my life over to Overeaters Anonymous, that I, I'm, I'm being willing to work this program for the rest of my life because I get so much from it. I've gotten so much out of the program and out of working the steps and out, out of having a different connection with a power greater than myself. Um, I, um, 
something funny on, so I came in in 14 December, January 1st, probably about the first, January 1st of 15, of 16, my scale died. Literally, I was standing there waiting for the big number that was going to determine my day or the smaller number. We didn't want a big number, we wanted a smaller number. And it didn't show up and it was battery run. So I, you know, I turned the batteries around and I took them out and put new ones in that it was dead. And then I realized God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. He eliminated scale. He eliminated my need to judge my well-being by a number on a scale that would could fluctuate hourly, daily. And and I but I kept the scale for six months, but I've not had a scale in my house. That worked. Two minutes, Susan. Thank you. Since January 1st of 2016. You know, those are the those are the miracles in my life. It's that was a little miracle, but it was something, it was a change. It caused me to change the way that I'm out in I'm out into the world. Um, the other thing that I've learned in this program, um, or I came in, I came in because of the sanity, not the vanity, because my weight at that point was not an issue, but my brain was, my obsessive mind was. And as we know, this is a threefold disease. It's a physical allergy, an obsession of the mind, and a malady of the spirit. I believed in a God of my understanding who has changed over these last almost nine years since I've been in the rooms because I have changed. And that's the good news. This program changes me. It changes me through service. It changes me through carrying the message. It changes me through working the steps. It changes me in having a power greater than myself that I am willing to trust with in all aspects of my life. Because this is not just an OA in the meeting kind of program. This is a blueprint for living. And where I do I live? I live outside the rooms. This is my laboratory. This is a place I get to practice. But where I live is out there in the world, on the freeway, in the stores, when I'm doing a hobby, <clears throat> when I'm being online with somebody in customer service. That's my life. And that's what this program gives me. It gives me a life. It gives me, it gives me real relationships. So what I'd like to close with is a quote from um, the AA 12 and 12 and what it's in, it's on page 92 in step 10, it says, I'm gonna paraphrase just a little bit. Today, I am abstinent only by the grace of God and that any success I may be having is far more his than mine. Thank you for letting me be of service. Oh, oh.